Welcome to a special Thanksgiving edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. I'm JB Long, wishing all of you a happy Thanksgiving, including my broadcast partners, DeMarco Farr and Maurice Jones-Drew, getting through our week before we head to the Midwest and Lambeau Field. Gentlemen, how you doing? Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Preparing for the cold. That's it. That's all I'm doing. I don't think I can even enjoy Thanksgiving right now. Why don't I put you guys on the spot a little bit? How about something Rams related that you're yeah. thankful for this week? Who wants to go first? Something oh, I'll go Rams first. Related. Okay, go for it. Matthew Stafford. I am thankful for Matthew Stafford at quarterback for this football team. No doubt. I think he's changed everything offensively. So that's number one. I'm thankful for Les Need. Are you ready? Why? Yes. Because all the big moves that he Christmas came early. If you're a Rams fan, Von Miller, OBJ, Matthew Stafford, Sony Michelle, all the big moves uh, that have us in contention. So I'm thankful for Les Snead. And uh, those are both great. I'll just add, uh, I'm thankful that Aaron Donald is as close to healthy as anyone <laughs> could possibly be. And that Cooper Amen. Cup is going to play Amen. for this trip. <laughs> the Packers, right? Because we all left last yes. season wondering what it might've been like. So yeah. we get it. Get a and, chance and, thankful, and thankful for SoFi. What a stadium. No. And it's full. How about that? <laughs> thankful so for the topic, fans. Our first topic, gentlemen, was kind of how do you come out of the bye week? What's your uh, level of optimism about this stretch run? It seems like you two are both uh, feeling pretty good about things despite the two-game losing streak. I'm always going to be optimistic just because when Sean McVay gets an opportunity to, to really – get back and self-scout, see where they, they did wrong and, and how they can fix those things and how they can be better. And then you have another week with OBJ in this offense and you have another week with Matthew Stafford learning and, you know, obviously Daryl Henderson and, and Sony Michelle and just everyone's just getting better. The offensive line getting healthier. Um, to me, offensively, I'm optimistic because I don't see you going in and, and playing the way you played uh, against the Niners. Now, defensively, I'm optimistic because – you just said it. Aaron Donald's healthy, right? Where the Packers' offensive line is banged up. Their left tackle's not there. The left guard is towards ACL. So you're going to be going against some backups. And then obviously you want to find a way to create pressure on Aaron Rodgers with four, right, and, and drop seven in coverage. So um, I'm optimistic because health and talent is on your side right now, and that's what's exciting. DeMarco, we were talking this week, though. The uh, Tennessee Titans and the San Francisco 49ers were down linemen, too. It didn't seem to disrupt yeah. their offense. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to hang my hat on that, uh, on a banged-up offensive line. Uh, it's good to have uh, when you're uh, when you're the Rams and you're going up and facing a team that's kind of banged up on the offensive line, but that doesn't guarantee victory. We've seen that, but you're going to have to play your best game. But I guess I'm a little more confident coming out of the bye week because at least it's just talking about ball, X's and O's on the grass, on the field. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, they're good. We all know this. But this is the only thing you're dealing with right now. You're not dealing with a trade. You're not dealing with bringing an OBJ. You're just talking about getting better on the football team to go beat another good football team on the road. Uh, and look, Sean McVay and this football team have done great uh, since he's been here, uh, traveling up to play these top teams and com coming back with victories. So coming out of the bye week, you get a chance to rest up. Uh, you've had two weeks of – I guess, national TV disasters. You've got your butt handed to you by the Titans and by the 49ers. So that's got to sting. Now you got a week off to get a little bit more healthy, uh, to get OBJ more into the, the offensive playbook and Von Miller more integrated into the defense. So all that stuff's over. All the extraneous stuff is done. Now it's just about football. So, And you've had a week off. So 
yeah, this should be the time where the Rams get back to doing what they do best, uh, playing good offense, throwing the ball down the field, protecting your quarterback, and getting after the other team's quarterback with a good pass rush. So hopefully with the rest and with, I guess, a reset from this football team, coaching staff on down, you'll have a chance to play your best game versus Green Bay. So you think that fatigue was real, not just playing a ninth and a tenth consecutive Sunday or Monday, as the case might be, but also just the distraction of adding new pieces and losing a heartbeat like Robert Woods. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, big time. And then you, you add that one of your best players, uh, he's a true receiver that can do so much for you. He is the thumper and you have to see him go down. You have to get that, that news that he's out for the year. You have to process all that while getting ready to play the San Francisco 49ers. And you're also answering questions about a guy who just got here. So look, your, your focus is all over the place. The 49ers focus was just on kicking your tail and that's exactly what, what they did. So now it's different. Everything is settled down. There's no more moves. It's just getting ready to play Green Bay in Lambeau. So hopefully the Rams could get, can get back to doing what they're doing best, throw the football and rushing the passer. Maurice, in terms of what's at stake, you come off the bye and it feels like everything is in front of you. You've already got the head-to-head over Tampa Bay. You're a game back in the loss column knowing that you got the Packers at their place, the Cardinals at their place. What's at stake this week when you go to Lambeau? Everything. Everything. If, if you still want to have aspirations to be the number one seed, everything is at stake this week, right? You have to win in Lambeau. It's a must-win game. A lot of people talk about, uh, you know, there's not many of those. No, this is a must-win game if you want to be able to try to still get that one seed. Because if you beat the Packers, it sets you up for an, a, a big-time game in Arizona to beat Arizona. And then you finish away, and then you end up being the one seed because you have the, the, um, the head-to-head over all the top seeds, right? And that's what you're looking for. And so for me – when you look at kind of where the Rams are, they put themselves in position, right? Regardless of the two losses, regardless of all the wins, they're in position now to kind of maneuver. And we all know Thanksgiving this weekend is where you start to separate the good teams from the, the, the great teams from the good teams and the good teams from the bad teams. This is where they start to separate. And so you have a tough task going up there. But if you really believe that you're a great team, this is a must-win game for you to kind of set things up. Also, I have to say this too, and we haven't talked about this enough, Kenny Young trade has really affected this defense more than we want to say, right? That energy that he's played with, the plays that he was making in those situations, we're not seeing those as much. We're not seeing the middle linebackers getting sacks as much. We're not seeing the splash plays as much. So, yes, we did get Von Miller, but we also lost a piece that was helping this defense early in the year. Mm. Mark, we talked with Sean McVay about the rookies getting that week off and a chance to reset and prepare for what feels like a second season <laughs> for them. And there's three of them, Ernest Jones, Robert Rochelle, Ben Skoranek, who figure to feature prominently in this potential stretch run. Oh, yeah. It was, you know what that is, right? The smallest violin in the world playing for you as a rookie. I don't care. Everybody's tired at this point. But, yeah, it's tough. And I, I was just saying this earlier, uh, your first time going to Lambeau. I remember my first time there. You can actually see the ghosts of the NFL. They're all there and they're watching you. So it's a special place to play. And for rookies, it's going to be a shock. And the turf is going to be bad. This will probably be one of the worst fields you've ever seen because you're right on the cusp of when you don't want to go to Green Bay and play. It's going to be cold. And I was saying this earlier, when you come out for warm-ups or when when the bus finally gets there and you see there's a tarp on the field, so they're protecting the grass, and they're allowing us to play. It's kind of weird. So weather will be a factor. But, yeah, uh, especially Ben Skoranek, you had an opportunity against San Fran that went right through your hands. Um, hopefully you'll get another one. Uh, but it's not just about you catching touchdown passes. This team needs somebody else to step up because you're down at receiver. 
and he was the first one off the bench. So he's got to play better. He's been great as a special teams guy, a fill-in receiver, but now you may be counted upon to play some major snaps at receiver, and you've got to catch the ball when open. So that's got to be got to be huge. Ernest Jones the same way. Now that uh, Aaron Jones is out of this game and A.J. Dillon is running the football, he looks like Maurice Jones drew. <laughs> Supersized. That, Supersized. That, that's what I'm saying. This is a big deal. So at some point, that hole is going to open up. It's going to be you and him at, on a third and one, and you can't go backwards. So this is going to be a big deal with him. So special for all these rookies, but all that's out the window. You're now a veteran in the National Football League. JB, let me say this real quick. I remember my rookie year and it getting around this time. You know, we played bowl games in December and things like that, but you have that three or four weeks before the bowl game. I remember going to bed every night at like 6 p.m., exhausted. Waking up at 6 a.m. to go to practice and like giving everything I had and then going to bed at 530. Like you're exhausted at this point as a rookie because you've been mentally. training. Yeah, mentally, <laughs> yeah. too. Right. But you, I think you've been yeah. training. You've been working out for a full year at this point, playing football and working out. So, yeah, this, this bye week came at a crucial time for the Rams. If you're expecting some of these young guys to go out there and make plays. Hmm. DeMarco, let's dig into the defensive game plan a little bit more with respect to Green Bay. I actually see kind of a through line from last year's playoff loss to the Monday night defeat at San Francisco to now the rematch with the Packers. Here's what I mean. Both teams hammered away with their running game, right? Limiting the Rams' offensive opportunities, selectively made big plays with their passing game, and just chewed up a ton of clock. I mean, a ton of clock. That seems to be the blueprint now for taking down the Rams. Are the Packers capable of that with Dylan, like you alluded to? And what can the Rams do to combat it? And, and here's another element, too. It doesn't feel like Aaron Donald's had that signature performance yet, right? Mm-hmm. He's like the number one defensive tackle again. He's truly elite. But he hasn't had that dominant takeover performance yet. I think in large part because the time score down and distance haven't created as many opportunities as we would have liked in the last Oh, game. 100%. And let me let me throw in, what is the, the offense doing against Joe Barry's defense in Green Bay? If you're turning the ball over and putting the defense in bad situations, that lends yourself to getting pounded on the ground like the Rams have been. That's what's been happening. But if the offense plays clean and you have a chance to go out there as a defense and defend 75 yards versus 30, then I think you'll have a chance to stop the run, earn the right, to rush the passer, and then you'll start to see some of those glamour numbers that Miles Garrett is getting in Cleveland right now from Aaron Donald. But mm-hmm. right now they're doing the dirty work. I mean, they're doing all they can. I mean, they're barely giving up a hundred. I mean, more than a hundred yards per game. I mean, they're it's yeoman's work they're doing. Uh, almost it's around four yards a carry. That's pretty good for a team that's been turning the ball over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but it's got to be better. What I'm looking for out of this defense, out of Aaron Donald and company is an excellent day defending the run. I mean, absolutely stop it, turn it back, and then force Green Bay to beat you throwing the football. Now, it's tougher. This is not Jimmy Garoppolo. This is Aaron Rodgers. He can beat you a thousand different ways. But at least if you take away the run game, you'll actually have a chance defensively to do what you do best, get after the passer. That's what you're built to do. Hmm. Maurice, how much Devontae Adams, Jalen Ramsey are we going to see? It should be 100%. I think this is – you know, I understand the star position of the defense and having him in the nickel, but very similar to last week or last game, you have to put him on their best player, right? And obviously the Niners was Debo Samuel, who's been having an amazing season. You have to find a way to shut him down. And so for me, last time they played, I want to say Devontae Adams had four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. That's that's lockdown. That, that's, that's lockdown. Now, he got some plays because Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the National Football League, and that's okay. 
but I need to make sure that we force Aaron Rodgers to have to throw to the, to the others, right? Mm-hmm. And Robert Tanyan's not there. So he's – you got to throw it to the other guys, right? You got to throw it to Mercedes Lewis. You got to throw it to uh, – I don't know if Alan Lazard is playing, or you have to throw it to Randall Cobb. Force him to throw it to the others and force the others to beat you. And if you do that, you stop the run, you can do that, you have a great chance – defensively to really put your offense in position to make some plays. So you got the other name receivers, Valdez Scanlon is the other guy. But yeah, yeah you know what? Um, and I'll say this, yeah. and this this may be blasphemy uh, right now, but I'll say it. If you can't get Jalen Ramsey over the top of Devontae Adams 90% of the time because your scheme won't allow it, then you need to change the scheme, especially this week, because you know Aaron Rodgers, he's a guy that goes beyond just X's and O's. He's picking on people. So if he mm-hmm. finds the guy on the field that has scared written on the back of his jersey, guess where he's going? So that's not going to be Jalen Ramsey. That's going to be somebody else, and he's going to make hay doing it. But the one thing you can't do is let Devontae Adams get loose on anybody else. Your mm-hmm. best chance against that is number five. Keep him on him. Well, a little bit different in that the Niners did well to move Debo Samuels around mm-hmm. in a way that you know Devontae Adams just doesn't within this Packers scheme. Hopefully having Dante Dion back. Uh, we'll give them another tool in their secondary. And I think it's been a long time since week five when Darius Williams was hurt in that uh, Thursday night game against Seattle. I hope he, as much as anyone, benefits from the extra week of healing because the Rams really need him, I think, opposite Jalen to return to his all-pro form that he captured last season. Uh, that, to me, is going to be one of the biggest keys uh, down the stretch here. JB and, and Mo, you know this, right? Um, every yard you gain as a running back is is more money in your pocket. Every sack you get as a defensive lineman is more money in your pocket. Same with corners. Uh, every pick, every pass defense, you're making more money. Well, it works the opposite way, too. The, the plays you give up, the more money you're losing. Mm. So if you want to get back to max value, if you're if you're Darius Williams, you got to go back and play like that Darius Williams we saw a year ago. I really do. You need to come back and be that guy with that sort of confidence. And you need it this week for a Rams victory because – like I said, Aaron Rodgers is great at picking out his marks and going at that same guy. All right, on the offensive side, Maurice, I want to get to uh, OBJ and what reasonable expectations are for really his first full game in a Rams uniform. But to stay, take a step back, I, I, I hear the conversation about, like, who have you beaten and the caliber of competition and the Rams put up some really good numbers against some really bad teams and defenses. But big picture, this is still a top 10 offense. It's top 10 overall. It's top 10 passing. It's top 10 with the running game, which I know the fan base wants to utilize a little bit more. Now that you have lost Woods and added OBJ, how do you think it looks and what are fair expectations in terms of mastery of the route tree playbook, et cetera, working with Matthew Stafford for the new receiver? Really, it's it's you should see a more expanded playbook, obviously, for OBJ. I think you'll see a lot of it. But at the end of the day, I think the fan base is right. So you have to run the ball. You just can't drop back and throw the ball 70 times a game. You have to run the ball. Um while running the ball, I think it's going to open up the play-action pass where you're going to see the the talent that OBJ has, the talent that we've seen from Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. But it all it's all predicated off of can you start getting four to five yards of carry in the first quarter and and keep this run game going? You have three running backs up. You need to, you need to utilize all three of them and get that outside zone going because when the Rams were really rolling offensively, especially against the, the Buccaneers, they were running the ball well and they were able to use that play-action pass. And so I think sometimes you want to use play-action pass and you forget to run the ball a little bit um, to take those shots. But if you can run the ball, you'll see, you know, the route running of OBJ. You'll start to see how his – what why he why he is considered one of the best in the game, even having, what, two or three down years, right? Um, and then, to be honest, 
a couple. I, I just want to see the Rams drop back and do a three step slant, right? Hmm. That, that's where that's where he's been. Uh, <laughs> if you're talking about uh, Odell, that's where yeah. he's been at his best, right? A three step slant, he'll take that thing to the house. That's an easy play call. That's that's a, a long handoff. So you may want to add that in the playbook as well because he has that ability to do that. You know, it's easy to say for us, we're not getting hit. But, I mean, that's the Robert Woods effect. He was the guy that would go in there and make those catches. So somebody's got to replicate that toughness, that receiver. Uh, I'll tell you a couple things I'd like to see that we haven't seen for a while. First drive touchdown. The Rams came out of the gate hot. They were scoring first. They were putting the pressure on the defense. Now think about Arizona. You drove it deep, and you came up, came away with a field goal. So it's 3 nothing. So Arizona's next touchdown puts you behind. Uh, same thing with Detroit. Uh, if you punch that in, it's 10-7, not 10-3. Maybe Dan Campbell rethinks a few of those decisions and changes things. But the last two weeks has not happened. It's actually been a disaster on, on some of your first drives. But what you need to do against Aaron Rodgers is definitely either match him or go down and put pressure on him. If you're playing from behind in Green Bay, that's going to be tough. Hmm. DeMarco, Sean McVay kind of boiled it down to some self-inflicted mistakes, drops, penalties, and especially turnovers. He pointed out that when they're even or plus – in the turnover battle, they're undefeated. When they lose it, especially these last couple of games, they're winless. Um, and I think with respect to his quarterback in particular, you look at those four most recent interceptions, the ones against Tennessee, we know what those were all about. The ones against San Francisco, he attributed to miscommunication and then Tyler Higby with just a bizarre bobble. Is there more to it than that? Or is it really, hey, this is an elite offense that just had some bad luck? Well, yes and no. The Higby one, I mean, you would say Tyler catch it. That's all you would say. Uh, and he's, you know, earned enough credit that he will most of the time. Uh, but what the thing that Sean McVay does as a coach, we like. He always takes the heat for his players. And Matthew Stafford is exactly like him. He'll take the heat for what's going on in front of him. So some of the things that really bother you, like some penalties you cannot abide by. If you're a wide receiver, you, you cannot fall start. Really, you're the guy farthest away from the football. That cannot happen. That's inexcusable. And if you're a center, you can't fall start. You're the guy that barks out the cadence right before you break the huddle with the quarterback. So you can't have Brian Allen with two false starts at center. That tells me there's something going wrong up front. And if you look at the last two weeks, at times, the offensive line has been flat run over. So there's been issues with protection. Matthew Stafford is human. You can feel it. Uh, you'll start seeing ghosts and rushing throws. Now, I don't think they had anything to do with picks, but maybe you missed some wide-open guys that would have cut it down to a second and short or a third and short versus the opposite third and long where they can get after you. So better protection up front, uh, better communication up front, or get back to communicating like you were on up front, uh, and then you'll have a chance to move the football down the field. And if you don't turn it over, you'll have a chance for more rush attempts. So I think everything that everybody's been clamoring for kind of comes out of that offensive line spot. Settle that down. Everything flows from there. Maurice, last thing, and that's with respect to the running backs, if and when the Rams do run it, whether or not they commit to it in a trailing position, that's for another discussion. But if they are in more favorable game situations and can close it out with a run, they need Sonny Michelle and Daryl Henderson to squeeze out a bit more than they have been over the last month or so. You're exactly right. I think Daryl Henderson has done a great job throughout the course of the season of hitting the right holes, reading, the, making the right reads, uh, fighting for those yards. I think Sony Michelle has done in spurts, right? And a lot of that is coming in again. A new guy comes in right before the season starts. You got to kind of get him going. And yes, it's been a couple of weeks, but you know it takes time to get that chemistry with that offensive line. You have to understand Daryl Henderson was here what for three since his third year with the same offensive line, getting those reps, understanding how they're blocking. So it takes time. But this is the other thing. 
you have to be a more you have to be the the toughness and the physicality of the offense as a running back right no matter what is going on you have to be the guy that sets the tone uh if you look at that Niners game uh what is it uh 51 I forget his name Algier right for the Niners mm-hmm. and and Fred Warner they set the tone early I mean Ooh. they were smashing people in that game and you kind of started to see the Rams running backs not run through as much right not lower their shoulders and run and they're kind of giving up I think Henderson did that a couple times late in the game you can't do that you have to be again you have to go in with the mindset understanding that this position is only built for a few not many few want to do it right and it, it does you don't last long and that's part of the deal but you have to be the physicality of this offense, right? You and the offensive line running. And so you want to – and what I mean by that is you have to fall forward. You can't get hit in your head turn and you run sideways or you go backwards. You have to continue to fall forward because that takes the will of the defense. So this running game, yes, they're going to run the ball, but you have to – again, you have to be that physicality that Sean McVay is looking for, right? Even though we may not think the Rams are physical because they're out in 11 personnel and all this stuff – but if the physicality comes from the running back and the running style and the way you run, yeah, I think fair. if the Rams can do that, that's what, you know, that'll change a lot of things. So it, it, not only is it on the offensive line, DeMarco, it's also on the running backs of finishing their runs, right? And if not, you finish yeah. those runs, you're good to go. I was just thinking that's funny. On offense, sometimes when you talk about toughness, you talk about receiver. And that's, that's rare. <laughs> you know what I mean? Usually when you talk about toughness, a tough football team, it's either O-line or running back. Here, it's talking about how tough the receivers are kicking out safeties. You know what I mean? It's a little right. bit different. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last item of business. We've got uh, three hours up to Green Bay from Chicago and three hours back after the game. Who's going to take charge of audiobooks, podcasts, playlists, sing-alongs? What's the plan? JB, you know I like to ride in silence. <laughs> so Get your I, got, right? I got three kids, man. So silence yeah. is always – silence sometimes is the best. I'm catching, up on Mar- I'm catching up on Marvel movies, man. Uh, I <laughs> no, no. JB, let's I'm be honest to the fans. DeMarco is going to be asleep by the time no. we leave the parking lot. So he can be in the back. <laughs> I'll be in the front. Blocks. Yes. There's not blocks for DeMarco for sure. Exactly. I'll be, I'll be with you. Either I'll be driving or I'll be in the front seat. And we can have our daily, com- our, our weekly conversations. I'll be looking in the rear view, but is DeMarco still back there? Exactly. <laughs> I, I, was it Houston that DeMarco was sleeping before we got out of the parking lot? He was like already like getting comfortable. I was like, dude, hey, we haven't even pulled out a yet. Long fourth quarter, man. <laughs> <laughs> love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, love right. you too, man. See you guys later. Thanks for tuning in this week uh, to Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota Dealers, proud partner of the L.A. Rams. Thanks to MJD and DeMarco Farr, Adam Bronstein, Jory Hirsch, everyone involved in this program. As always, if you'd like to join us inside SoFi Stadium this season to experience the Rams house, just three games left in the regular season. Go to therams.com slash tickets to purchase yours today. Therams.com slash tickets to purchase yours. Jags up next in Inglewood. Have a safe and enjoyable Thanksgiving. Looking forward to week 12 at Green Bay.